Grace, mercy, and peace be yours from God our Father, through His Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The Word of God that calls for our attention this morning comes to us from the epistle reading from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, particularly verses 4 through 6, where Paul writes, Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all and everyone. So far our text. St. Paul starts off our reading this morning from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, saying, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed. This is one of two times that Paul uses this phrase when he's writing to congregations. The other time is in 1 Thessalonians 4, when he is talking about the state of the dead between now and when Christ returns, and then also our own state in those times. Both places he wants people to understand fully what he means and what God means by these things. And both of them meant to encourage one another. So as you look at our text for this morning, he says, There are a variety of gifts, but the same Spirit. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. Churches all over have gone through, especially over the last 30 to 40 years, and tried to come up with spiritual inventories and trying to have you find your gift that the congregation can then use to help better the congregation. Now, while it's a good thing to go and try to figure out what your spiritual gifts are, it is also good to note that the spiritual gifts, first and foremost, are given for the common good. Not just how they can be used, but for the building up and edifying of everyone in the congregation. So each one is given a manifestation of the Spirit according to the Spirit's will. And so then Paul goes and lists through the ones that everybody seeks after. To one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the one Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the ability to distinguish between spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues." Now, when we think of, especially, we get down to the bottom of the list and the gift of tongues, that seems to be the one that some churches decide is the most important because it's the last one. Well, sometimes we list the last thing last because, well, it's last and the least of them. And these are not items that the Spirit gives to separate us from one another. It is to help us to be able to, more fully to live and work as the body of Christ in the place that he has called us. So yes, at the top of the list are wisdom and knowledge and faith. Why? Because these are the things that are necessary for this life. We cannot believe what we don't know. We can't know unless somebody has taught us. So we need the wisdom to have the knowledge and the knowledge to have the faith. 
Not saying that faith is simply a knowledge of the history. Absolutely not. Because there's a lot of faith that we don't understand. Nowhere in the list is there a you know, spiritual gift of understanding. It's not there. Wisdom, knowledge, faith, all there. All mystical gifts of the Spirit that we can't fully grasp at any time. And so on with the rest of them. Some of these gifts I'm glad I don't have, like the gift of healing or the working of miracles. Because, okay, you find out somebody, somebody finds out that you can work miracles. Are you ever left alone? No, because that's exactly what Jesus has to deal with when he comes in. And which is great to have this text linked with the gospel from John 2 and the first of Jesus' miracles. Not done in a flashy way, not done to draw attention to himself. Done quietly and secretly for the benefit of the wedding guests who are out of wine, but also for the benefit of the disciples whom he has just called that they might believe in him. None of these gifts are given to elevate the recipient. They're given for the common good. So Paul says at the end of this chapter, which we'll get to next week, but earnestly desire the higher gifts, and I will show you a more excellent way. And of course that leads right into 1 Corinthians 13 that ends, Now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. Paul says, earnestly desire the higher gifts, the gifts of wisdom and knowledge and faith. Because these are the things that help us in this world. But he also goes on at the end of this whole section in chapters 12 and 13 to talk about all of this being wrapped up in love. As 1 Corinthians 13 reminds us, if I have all faith but have not love, I am nothing. So also if I have all wisdom and can interpret all kinds of things but have not love, I am nothing. Because that love is what calls us to model the example given to us by Jesus. So that we can be, like we'll sing during communion this morning, bless the one whose grace unbounded this amazing feast has founded. He, though heavenly, high, and holy, deigns to dwell with you most lowly. Although Jesus is the eternal Son of God, He was sent by the Father to show us what love truly is. What acts of service there truly are. Because, as Paul says, there are a variety of services, but the same Lord. Jesus Himself says, the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. The Son of Man came not to be served, although he deserves every service that would be rendered to him. But he came to serve, deigning to dwell with us, being lowly, to show us the true way of love and to give us the gift of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit that not only governs our lives, governs our doctrine, governs our teaching, 
but unites us all as one body. Unites us all as the body of Christ here. So Paul can write, No one speaking in the Spirit of God ever says Jesus is accursed. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except in the Holy Spirit. You cannot be faithful and curse God. This is one of the great problems that arose in the early church during the great... uh, I forgot the word now. During the, during the great persecutions under like Diocletian and Decius, where they were told simply to offer incense to Caesar or to Zeus or any of the other gods. But in that offering, they would be saying Jesus is cursed because he is not the one true God. And on the other hand, no one can say that Jesus is the one true God unless they have faith. And so we pray as we did in our sermon hymn this morning, teach us to know the Father, Son, and you from both as three in one, that we may bless your name and in our lives the truth confess. That we may ever bless him. That is our calling. That is our service to God to be about the proclamation of what He has done for us. And to do it always. Being like Isaiah. For Zion's sake I will not keep silent. And for Jerusalem's sake I will not be quiet. Until her righteousness goes forth as brightness. And her salvation as a burning torch. Isaiah is towards the end of his prophecy. In a time that is fairly bright in the reign of Hezekiah, but still dark days looming ahead. Because even though there's a peak right now, there's some light shining right now, it'll quickly be dimmed. It'll quickly be forsaken. Because we people today in 2022 or back in the 8th century B.C., are sinful human beings. And we don't always look to the light. We'd rather have the darkness. We would rather forsake the light to enjoy the darkness because the light points out what's wrong with us. But Jesus came as the true light. And so we proclaim that because in that light, the restoration is also able to be seen. Not just how far you've fallen, but how Jesus has restored you. So that he can say, no more, no, no more shall you be termed forsaken, and your land shall no more be termed desolate, but you shall be called my delight is in her, and your land married. God uses the vision of husband and wife for his relationship with his people all throughout the scriptures. And we see this over and over again. And the fact that He wants to delight in you. He wants to restore you from being forsaken to being one in whom He is well pleased. And with this, He gives us the Holy Spirit. Not only to lord over us, not only to govern the service that we give, 
but also to empower all that we do. So there are a variety of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all. The psalm began, Blessed is everyone who fears the Lord, who walks in His ways. Those who are empowered to walk after God's law are blessed because they see the benefits and they get to reap those same benefits. But as we'll have in a couple of months, and as I tell every confirmand, as we get ready for those days, the vows that are made here are a repeat of the vows that were made at the font. The vows where you renounce the devil and all his works and all his ways, putting a target on your back for him to attack. That's exactly what baptism does. It's what confirmation does as well. Which is why we seek to give them the knowledge and hopefully impart a little bit of wisdom. Although uh, some it doesn't quite stick so well. But we have those things because it is the same Spirit that empowers all of us to live as the children of God. That empowers us as we also sang in our sermon hymn this morning. Drive far away our wily foe, and your abiding peace bestow. With you as our protecting guide, no evil can with us abide. The Spirit empowers us, not only to call Jesus Lord, not only to bless His name, but to ask and beg for His peace in our lives, for His protection from all of the assaults of the devil around us. And so as we sang at the beginning of the service, again repeating that same prayer, Come, Holy Ghost, Creator blessed, and make our hearts your place of rest. Come with your grace and heavenly aid, and fill the hearts which you have made. Only through the grace and heavenly aid of the Holy Spirit coming to us can we survive in this life. Only then, and by those gifts, can we have and recognize the gifts that He gives us otherwise. To know the services that He wants us to render and the activities which He has planned for us. Because these are the things that make the Christian life. These are the things that cause us to grow, not only in our wisdom and knowledge and faith, but most importantly, in our love. So that we, hopefully, can say at the end of the day, I have requited God's love that He has given me today by giving it to Him and to all those around us. Amen.